Hey guys, just something quick. Um, I wanted to dedicate this episode to Farron Miller. I just want to thank you so much for reaching out to, out to us and letting us know about the technical issue that we were having with our episode. I can't tell you how much I appreciate this. Um, if you could please get in contact with us um, and you can reach us on any social media, probably not Twitter, or you can email us at I have a strange story podcast at gmail.com and give us your um, mailing address and we'd love to send you some merch. So thank you so much and this one's for you. I hope you like it. This podcast is a proud member of the Paranormality Podcast Network. Hello. Hello. Welcome to I, I Have, have a, strange a Strange Story, story podcast. podcast. I'm Lindsay. I'm Rebecca. And this is a podcast brought to you by two sisters. We retell people's strange and paranormal stories and experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do it live sometimes. And today is a live show, everybody who's listening and everyone who's present. Um, so thank you, everybody, for joining us today. And we have a couple of stories to share. But first, Rebecca, did you have any announcements? Um, the only one that I want to say, and I wanted to do this, I just completely forgot. I've been all over the place today with, with shit that I'm taking care of. Um, but I did want to just mention that the story that I have today um, mm-hmm. does have, um, uh, sorry, does have a, um, a possible, uh, well, I guess a rape incident in it. I don't know how okay. else to say it, but um, but to me, this is considered rape. It was sexual intercourse without the consent. Um, and okay. um, it is it is a demon that they suspect did this. But I oh, okay. But I just want to give everybody um, the opportunity to bail out if you don't want to hear that. Uh-huh. Um, my story is second today, and it's towards the end. And I will also let you know whenever um, that part is coming up, so that if okay. you, so that if you want to hear it, you can stick around for that. But if you don't want to, I understand too. So uh, just and just to clarify, you won't be sharing like a lot of details, right? No. I'm not okay. going to be. It's just there's no details. I mean, there's okay. a few, just to but kind of nothing general. like yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, and I, I should actually talk about for mine for my near death experience. There's a little bit of violence, just okay. to let people know. But I really took out a lot of the violence. That's going to be very generally spoken about. Okay. Okay. Cool. Well, I mean, I don't have anything besides my dog is in here and he's upset. Come here, Ruckus. He misses here, you. Aki. No, That's he doesn't. He wants to be out there with Mike. He doesn't want to be here with me is what he's crying about. No. <laughs> I know. Okay, well, should I get started with my story? I don't have any announcements. Yeah, let's do it. I just, yeah, okay. let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, cool. Uh, okay, so this story is being retold. Our story is from a man, um, and he has about four near-death experiences to share, and they start from whenever he was a child to, to him being an adult. Oh, my gosh. And he's had some very, I mean, the, it's very, um, there's a unique experiences that, that he's had his near-death experiences with. Um, so here it goes. Okay. So... At the age of 13, he was jumped by a group of kids that were like in a neighborhood gang or whatever it may be. And like they they really beat him up really good. He was riding his bike through like a building site and they all jumped him. Um, And then two kids drug him over to some water and held his head underwater. And then he doesn't remember anything else. Um, All he knows is that he blacked out at this point and he doesn't remember his story 
I'm so sorry about my dog. <laughs> I don't know what he's crying about. Um, but he was, he, uh, he, he blacked out. He doesn't remember a lot of the details about what happened. Um, but this is what he does remember is that after he made it to the water, um, he remembers darkness and then a bright light. And then he just remembers a field and he definitely felt like he was floating in this field and it was very peaceful and it was very calm and it was an incredible feeling of being very calm and like a sense of joy. And he says not joy, like laughter. Um, but joy like he felt so content in the moment um so he says what he does know um is that at that point um after that he was resuscitated um and so he had almost died and he was brought back to life and all he knows is he felt like this immense like pain in his chest and he couldn't breathe very well and he had like a massive headache um and so those are his memories and the strongest memory is that what he thinks of whenever he was almost dead um, and he didn't go to the hospital after this. He just went home and he, um, he went to bed afterwards. Um, and so that was his first near death experience and all of those things, the darkness, the bright light, the floating, the calmness, all of that stuff is very common for people who have near death experiences. It doesn't mean it happens for everybody, but it happens for a lot of people enough that we can generalize it and say, that's what happens. Right. right. So here's his second near death experience. And this one is he's an adult. And he actually has a son at this point. So this near-death experience, um, he was walking in the morning, taking his son to school. His son was about six years old, if I haven't said that yet. Um, and out of the corner of his eye, as they're crossing the street, he saw a truck turning. And one of those big, like, big trucks, right? Those big trucks <laughs> the big ones the, the ones really that deliver big. shit yeah the big big trucks okay so it was one of those really big trucks that was coming and he said he saw it out of the corner of his eye and he said he naturally like just pushed his son right just like tossed him so that he made it onto the sidewalk and he alternatively got hit oh my god and so he got hit his son was safe um and let me see here where i am i got really into the story and so the next thing that he remembers is that he looked up at what appeared to be like a perfectly blue sky um and as he floated across the road he said that there was basically like no noise like there weren't people talking there wasn't traffic there wasn't honking you know there was none of that um it was pretty silent except for the birds that he heard chirping and then he could hear the wind like go through the branches he could hear the leaves rustling um and then he he felt um Oh, he looked, so then he started to do floating again. So he felt like he was floating. He's floating above his body. He's floating above everybody else. And as he's floating, he just looks down and he sees what he saw was his, he describes it as his crumpled body. Um, and as he's looking at his crumpled body, he sees parents gathering around him, parents of the kids that his kid goes to school with. And they all had their heads down and they were all looking at his body. And then he saw an ambulance arrive for him. And he's floating above the ambulance. And as he's floating above it, he he noticed this really weird sticker on the top of the, the ambulance. And it stuck out in his mind. And then he floated back down to where his body was. Um, and then he saw a couple of things. He started to see a tunnel of blackness. He saw bright lights. And then he saw um, his mom, who was beckoning him to come to, ha- to her. Um, she died whenever he was 24 years old. 
and um, she was telling him that everything was going to be fine. And if, if he came with her, that she had a great place for them to go to. Um, he said it was very calm and very peaceful. And then all of a sudden he woke up in an ambulance and he said that he looked up at the paramedics and he was like, Hey, y'all have a really weird sticker on the top of your ambulance. And he said that they immediately like didn't believe him that they were all in a little bit of shock and that nobody really knew what to say about the sticker. Um, they were just saying, you didn't see the sticker. Like, there's no way. And he kept saying he did. And he kept explaining it. Um, and they had just concluded that he was high because they had put, they'd given him morphine, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it just was kind of chopped up to that. Chalked yeah. up to that. I think we, I think. I said chopped. Yeah. We're going to chop it up. <laughs> I'm going to put it up there with that. And then, so after, um, after he got back from the hospital, so he went home and he said after a couple of weeks that one of the paramedics who, who had saved him actually stopped by his house and they stopped by his house because they felt really weird about this sticker story. And they, they confirmed with him that there was a weird sticker on the top of the ambulance. And then, um, so that was weird for him, but it was also confirming that, you know, he had floated above and he had seen the sticker. And so then his doctor decided that he needed to go to a specialist who studied near death experiences. And so I'm not quite sure what this time period is. Um, but he, he went and he met with a doctor, but then he decided that he didn't want to participate in the research because there was virtually, there wasn't a lot of research at this time. So he felt really weird about it. Mm -hmm. And so something about it told him he didn't want to go. Um, so he ended up not going and participating in this research, but he said what was unique about him is that he was able to bring to the table two near death experiences. Um, so then this is where he had his third and fourth near death experience. So these are a little different. Um, they happened at the same time. And, uh, what happened, the best way for me to say it is that essentially he was brought to, he was brought to death and brought back on purpose two times that there was intent to put him through this almost like torture. And that's the amount that I'll go into it. I'm not, I'm not quite sure what he does for a living, but I think he does something that puts him in some different situations. Right. Mm -hmm. I hope he gets more than minimum wage. I mean, I want everyone to get more than minimum wage, but you know what I mean? Okay. Um, so what happened is there was a couple of times that he was nearly brought to death and then he was resuscitated, uh, via electricity with the, what are those things called? Um, the pads that they put on you to shock mm-hmm. you. Uh, defibrillator. Mm. Defibrillator. Yeah. They had to use a defibrillator on a twice on him twice. And what happened these times, um, he was, he was put underwater again, which is one of the, the ways that he almost died. But he said there was a dark tunnel. And again, he saw his mom, um, who was waiting for him. And then he saw a woman who really resembled what he thought was an angel. And he said that she was a very pretty woman, but he was not attracted to her. Um, that she was dressed in all white and she had like golden hair. Um, and he just thought that it was an angel who had been waiting for him. And she was like, he said she was like 30 years old is what she looked like. Um, he said what he was attracted to about her was her, her warmth and the hope and the kindness that she like just oozed. Mm. Um, and 
and the feeling of wonder that he got from her Mm -hmm. as he looked at her. Um, so the next thing he saw, he's floating throughout this place. Um, and he, he sees his body. He sees a bunch of men around his body. Um, and then he looked around the room and he was able to make out like a penny on the coffee table and a button on the corner, um, of that dresser over there. And he was just floating through the apartment watching these things. Um, and he said that basically it just felt like a dream. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he he was resuscitated back to life. And so this happened to him twice. And it was all about the same experience. Um, and the best way for him to describe it, he said it was almost like he was in a 3D movie. That that was the best way to describe how it looked to him, which is pretty... Um, weird i'm thinking of those like 3d pictures that you can do on facebook like wow like ooh, <laughs> i would feel like a robot if that were the case right um so th- that's the end of his story and he had indicated that he really didn't like to talk about his story that often he didn't share it a lot um and he's really hesitant to speak to it and so um i thought this was a good opportunity to share it mm-hmm. and um to also talk about how similar his near-death experiences to a lot of different other near-death experiences so uh we've talked i need ruckus i need you to come over here and stop crying can you hear him crying no everybody no you can't even hear okay fuck it ruckus stay there (laughs) he's like having an emo moment he's on the edge of the bed you know those videos where they have people with blankets over their heads and they're (laughs) singing that's like what he's doing on the edge of the bed because mike isn't here with him bless his heart i don't know if he's gonna be able to go on I don't think so. He had to work with me all day, so he's upset. So let's talk about some of the common um, elements of near-death experiences. So some of the common elements are the following. Aware of being dead. So usually when people have a near-death experience, they're like, oh, fuck, I'm dead. Um, there's always a sense of peace and there's always an out of body experience, which usually includes people floating above their bodies and seeing their bodies or standing next next to their bodies or whatever it may be. Um, there's usually movement to a powerful light. So in the story they talked about, he talked about the bright light and the tunnel and being attracted to going to that light. Um, there's also an increase in a feeling of unconditional love. Mm-hmm. And there's usually a life review. So kind of seeing your life flash behind your eyes, having memories and thoughts, and then um, ultimately deciding to go back to the body. So I didn't hear him talk about deciding to go back to his body. I have heard other near-death experiences, and we've shared them in the past, where people did make that decision. Mm -hmm. And if I must reference Harry Potter and whenever he chose back to go to his body as well. Right. And then, so I, earlier before the show started, I said that I had a near-death experience, but not really. It's kind of like my ghost experience, but not really, uh, where <laughs> we, at one point when we were younger, we had a pool and I had decided that I was going to take my floaties off cause I was still using them. I think I was like probably two or three. You were very young. Yeah. Yeah. I mean a two, I would say. Mm-hmm. I, I, but I remember it. I remember taking them off and then jumping in the deep end and I wasn't supposed to. And everyone was yelling like, no, don't do it. And I did it anyways. And then I swam from the deep end to the shallow end and then just sunk. <laughs> um, and I, all I, I remember sinking and I remember coming up and down and I remember my life, my short life flashing before my eyes. The only thing I remember is like, it was like pictures flashing in my, in my mind is what I was seeing. 
But then I got pulled out of the water and nothing happened to me and I was fine. Um, so it's kind of a near death experience, but not really. Um, but I also, but it's similar to what he experienced was my point. Mm -hmm. Um, but I also took a look at a journal of near-death studies, um, just looking for some information. I had to pay for an article if I wanted to read it, so I didn't get a whole lot of information from it. Um, but sometimes near-death experiences uh, are referred to as little deaths. Um, and so I wanted, for little deaths, this can even happen with people. They can be dead for several hours or days. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. Um, and then spontaneously they'll just revive themselves and then they'll tell these like magnificent stories of like traveling, like otherworldly travels wow. whenever they come back. So this is, this is, so I wanted to add this because I think that some people think that near death experiences still aren't very common. It's probably because nobody talks about it. I mean, if we talk about the, the supernatural, like let's even just talk about Ghostbusters. Okay. Like the most recent one with Kristen Wiig. And I think they did a great example of illustrating how people who want to study paranormal things really aren't given a lot of credit or they're made fun of, or were, you know, called wackos or whatever it may be. And so I think that's one reason a lot of people don't, ex don't talk about it and we don't have a lot of literature on it. Um, but this was a journal. I mean, they, they have a name for it called little death. Like I'd never even heard of that. I was like, dang, that's, that's a really cute name. Um, and I'm going to keep using it. But then there's also, like I just referenced critics of near death experiences who say that it's not real. Mm -hmm. Um, and they say that it's not real and that essentially everything that I just described, everything that was described by the person who contributed the story, everything I experienced when I was sinking was my brain shutting down because I was dying mm -hmm. and that they think that, um, it's, it's not necessarily an experience of you're leaving the body, um, necessarily it's all in your mind and you haven't really left your brain. And then to my point, even if they think that's true, so what? <laughs> it was still the near death experience, right? Mm -hmm. You still, even if you don't literally leave it, even if it is in your mind, you're still seeing it. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, if it's a dream, you're still dreaming it and you're still experiencing it. It's mm -hmm. why we're mad at people after dreams. <laughs> if they do something mean to us, um, or they say it was just a dream. Right. Whenever somebody comes back from a near death experience. And so it's definitely, um, there, there's not a ton of research in it, um, on it, but we, I think that we know why that probably doesn't happen. There's several variables to consider. Um, but I, I wanted to share the near death experience and then kind of give both sides to it. This is commonly what happens and this is why people say they aren't real. But what do you think? Do you have any thoughts on near death experiences or why there's not a lot of research? Yes, I do have thoughts about that. Um, okay. I actually just finished a really cool docu-series about it. It's that one that we started together whenever you were here. Mm. It's it's a very good... I didn't pay attention to it while I was there. Yeah, that's okay. I did. I mean, I paid more okay. attention to it whenever you were gone because I watched it alone. Okay. Um, but yeah. it's a docu-series. It's called Surviving Death. And there are mm -hmm. um, there are doctors out there who are researching near-death experiences. And they're also clapping back at that um, thought process of 
it's just in your mind, it's just your brain. But what they have found is that whenever you have a near-death experience, what happens to your body is it goes into survival mode. So, mm-hmm. um, so that is to protect your organs, mostly to protect your brain, your heart, the things that keep you alive. And that takes, yeah. that's a lot of stress on your body. And so everything else goes out the window. All this is, is preservation. And so in order for you to, to be conscious and have dreams and have conscious thoughts, it uh-huh. takes a lot of work for the brain. And in that moment, your brain is, is lacking of oxygen and whenever mm-hmm. you're lacking of oxygen, this is this is normal for people across the board, you know, with medical conditions or whatever. It, you you can't speak coderently. You can't you can't make a um, a cognitive thought because you need oxygen to your brain. So that kind of debunks that area or that 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 thought process that it's just your dream it's just your subconscious making all this up it can't be because you don't have enough um uh energy or everything else is going to everything else just to preserve you you know what i mean that makes sense Mm -hmm. i think there's been other people who have argued that it's also a lack of oxygen to the brain and i just want to clarify especially for people who just joined us when we're, I'm talking about near-death experiences, um, and I certainly believe the near-death experiences, and we're just going over why people say that it's not real or that people don't really have these experiences. And it's usually they try to give a biological yes. response, which is, which is our go-to in our society, yes. is to try to use biology to explain anything away. Um, and which there's so many issues at that because our world isn't based on that anymore because we have a society and we've created things, right? Mm-hmm. Anyways. Yeah, it is. Um, I, I think that a lot of people have a hard time grasping that we don't have all the answers. And so therefore we, we can, and it helps us sometimes too. Like if somebody doesn't mm-hmm. want to have a near death experience and they have one, they can just, if they're told and this, um, this uh, statement is true to them if this works mm-hmm. for them, if they say it's because your brain was lacking of oxygen, that's why you had this amazing experience where you saw people that have died <laughs> and where you, yeah. you know, you went to this beautiful place and there was a lot of love and all this stuff. And that's why you didn't panic whenever you were dying. It's because of lot lack of oxygen to your brain. And if that works for people, if that helps people, then that's fine, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Like whatever, whatever it takes to get through the day. But, but to me, it, it, maybe it's because I have a paranormal podcast and I like this answer better is that there's yeah. so much stuff that we don't know yeah. and we can't explain and that's okay. And we may not know and until okay. we get to the other side. Yeah. And let us, let us do all this stuff that we want to do in the meantime. Exactly. Let us look for Bigfoot let us and have- let us make TikToks about where who's going to be a werewolf or not <laughs> like just exactly. leave everybody alone just let us do our thing man God. yeah anyways yeah that was my story so he had four near-death experiences it looks like one of our letter- listeners had a uh, family member who had a near-death experience but it wasn't a good one and i also read that i read that the majority of the time it's very good and what i found is that the limited amount of research is on the bad ones mm, really but that was only one article that I read that in. So it is, it's interesting. I would like to get more information on near death experiences, but you know, I just, I have, 
not enough time because I have to do a podcast. <laughs> I mean, we also have like a, a full time job. Jobs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it would be so great, like, if this is our full time job. So, like, just tell your friends and family and write us yeah. a review. We'll do this for a living. I'll write a book on it. Lindsay will write a book on it. Yeah. <sighs> I can finally, like, Anyways. move around a little bit. My cat got out of my lap. She was biting my leg almost oh, that's the whole good. time. So. Ooh. Ruckus finally gave up. Ruckus finally gave up on a happy existence without me. He yeah. stayed in the corner of the bed. Um, so as you're looking up your story to add to the person who said that they their aunt had a bad experience, oh, yeah. she saw demons. Oh, um, that's you know, a great. That, that'd be pretty terrifying. Yeah, that's not that's not good. And um, I wonder if there's more research on that because they're just not as I don't know. They're not as common. And so they maybe people seek answers more whenever they have a bad mm-hmm. near death experience and they want answers. Like, am I going to hell? Is that, yeah. you know, if that's what you believe in or if, am I going somewhere that's going to be awful instead of all the good things that I've heard? Yeah. Um, I'll pause and say I am drinking a beer. Are you drinking anything? No, I just had time to get water. Like I've had a lot, I've had a lot going on about it. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm having a voodoo ranger IPA. I'm having water in a beer glass. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So Heidi says, I think Sylvia Brown has a book she wrote on it. Okay. We'll have to check Mm. that out. We'll have to listen Mm -hmm. to that on audible, which by the way, I'm still listening to. They do not. Um, support us in any way. I just fucking love oh. Audible so much. I mean, we don't have any commercials at all. Nobody, nobody wants to give us money. <laughs> oh yeah, no one was. Ex- a few people tried to give us money when we first started to do stuff, and I was like, I don't want to do an ad for that. I don't agree with that. Like, do you remember? Yeah, I was, it was very like, like uh, the Bachelor podcast episode, and I'm like, I don't watch that. I don't want to tell people to watch that. If I've never I didn't seen want to it. tell people to watch that. Yeah. I mean, to each their own. But like, I don't know what to say about Mm-mm. it. I knew Audible because I have audible and audible is cool dude exactly because i don't like to read but i like to listen yeah i like that too it makes um life easier sometimes but yeah anyways those are my stories that was a great story um i can't believe he's had that many near-death experiences yeah 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 he had a rough life um bless him yeah you've never had a near-death experience right not like that I almost drowned one time, but I didn't have any type of, um, at the lake. No, at a wave pool. And oh yeah, yeah. I remember that. You got pulled out yeah. by a lifeguard. I got pulled out by a lifeguard. And then you came back and told us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was out there by myself. <laughs> I was like, I'm I a think good I was swimmer. sitting by myself. Yeah. This, <laughs> we didn't, <laughs> that's another story to tell, but anyways, um, yeah. <laughs> Excellent segue, by the way, is my yeah. <laughs> my story is about a demon, particularly a uh, incubus. I was about to call it a succubus, and I'm okay. going to tell the story. Actually, the listener is watching us live, so I had to. Yeah, no fucking pressure, Becky. I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So basically, I saw them earlier say that's my story, and I was like, bah! I know. I invited her on, dude. Like. Come on, we should do it's that. It's scary. Have, give her the opportunity to call out my bullshit. So yeah. I welcome anybody to come on, and and <laughs> especially if I'm retelling their story. We don't have the oh, yeah. privilege of hiding behind our 
our our microphones. microphones and not doing this. Yes. Anyways. <laughs> so yes, my story that I have to share today is about a pop spool um, incubus exper- experience, and this all started whenever um, this young woman was about sixteen years old. They moved into a new house. And um, and just some background, their family is very religious and never really thought ghosts were real. Um, So what she thought had kind of triggered this was she was really sick one night, one day. And she decided, I feel like shit, I'm going to take this painkiller. And so she took a painkiller. She was hanging out on the couch and she was just watching TV by herself. And then she just notices in her peripheral, this tall, shadowy figure of a cloaked person walked behind the couch and leaned over just inches from her face. And she said that she was very scared, obviously. She didn't want to move. She didn't want to look at it. And so she just kind of like put her hand up on her face so that she wouldn't see it. And she was just like, God damn, Mm -hmm. these painkillers, man. She's like, I'm never going to take that again. And, um, And so after that, though, every night she would see a shadowy figure standing in the doorway outside of her room. And by the way, her door was made of glass or it had like a glass panel. So she Ooh, could see yeah. No. So she could see. That's the scariest door in the world. It kind of is. Yeah. And I don't know if okay. it was like frosted or if it was clear, but either way, it would be scary, right? Yeah. I couldn't do that. That's scary. I mean, I guess it just depends on what type of person you, you, you are. If you need to be able oh, to yeah. see through, then that's a good door. But to me, that seems like a very scary door. <laughs> yeah. Um, so she said that she would see this thing standing in her doorway, just observing her every night. And um, it went into her room one time, um, and then it left after she told him to get out. But then um, she was still convinced that, like, this painkiller must have triggered something in her mind, and now she was schizophrenic. Um, she she was very depressed at the time. And um, this is another trigger warning, um, and I, for, I forgot to mention it, but she did consider to die by suicide whenever she was 18. And so she was like, well, okay. this is just um, this is just another opportunity or another reason why I should end it. And so she was just kind of going to live with that that decision. Um, OK, but then like even weirder shit started to happen. And she said that at 3 a.m. every night she would wake up Ugh. and something was while something was like falling off of her her dresser um another thing another couple of things that happens is that she dropped she would drop something and it would fall on the floor and then it would disappear and she said she would move furniture she would tear the room up and it was just gone she could not find it yeah and then um (laughs) she started it's like it took a while to hit me did you see it fully hit me where i was like that's cool and i was like that's terrifying Okay, sorry. I think I was thinking of like a movie, but like in real life. No. Oh god, no. I know. It just doesn't get any better either, obviously. Okay. I mean, it gets better eventually, but not yet. So, it then she just felt like she was feeling she felt watched all the time. So much so that she wouldn't even get undressed in her bedroom. She would go into the bathroom and get dressed. Mm-hmm. Um, she started waking up also um 
to something being scratched, I mean, to, to something being knocked off, but then also scratching noises started coming from her closet. And she felt an evil energy from the corner of the room between the dresser and the closet. She said this went on for two months. She felt terrorized and she felt very mm-hmm. scared and she didn't tell anybody about this. Um, and so one night, though, her eight-year-old cousin stayed the night and they spent the night on the couch. And on the next in the mm-hmm. next morning, her cousin's telling her aunt, the cousin's mom, that a shadowy figure went behind the couch and then went face to face to me. And I went under the covers and fell asleep so that I wouldn't see it. And she was like, mm. oh, my God, that fucking happened to me. And so she decided that she um, told her aunt at that very moment while she was talking to her mom. And she told her everything that went ha- that went on. Her aunt believed her. Her mom was like, you guys are crazy. And, um, and her aunt was like, you need to tell him to go away. You need to say it out loud to leave me alone to go away. And so that night she was like, well, I'm going to do it. And she saw it in the doorway. She told it to go away and it walked away. Okay. But then at 3 a.m., oh. something fell off of her dresser. And they were scratching from the closet, and it was louder than ever. And she was just, like, tired. She was. She just kept on telling it to go away. Um, but she said it kept her up until, like, 4.30. And she just was... She was just exhausted, and she just watched videos from her phone while listening to the scratching. And, and it almost, <laughs> to me, it sounded like it's like, well, this is my normal life now. This is it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then eventually the scratching stopped, but out of the corner of her eye, she sees this small gremlin type creature in the corner, like in the peripheral, in her peripheral. Um, She's scared. She's too scared to look at it. And she's paralyzed Mm -hmm. with fear. And it started to speak to her in a low, raspy, demonic voice. And it said, it said hi to her. And she said it seemed difficult to talk, and it seemed forced, and she was very scared. It was a very scary situation. She ran to her parents' room. She woke up her stepdad, and she told him what happened and asked him to come take a look at it. And so he Mm -hmm. went in there. They both hear the scratching in the closet again. Okay, good. I'm glad they both heard it. I know. That's confirmation right there. Yeah. And this is, he asked if she had an animal in there. And she's like, no, I don't have an animal in there. And he was scared too. He got goosebumps. Goosebumps. And so they got off the, they got the courage. They opened up the door and the scratching stops and they don't see anything. Um, So they talked for a little bit, and I think that they were able to just calm each other down. She went back to bed. She's a fucking badass 16-year-old, by the way. Uh She's like, yeah, I'll stay in my room. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so so she goes back to bed, and all she wants to do is sleep. Uh, But then she wakes up, and it's a, a sleep paralysis kind of wake up. Um, and she's she's actually laying on her stomach. So here is the trigger warning right here. If you want to stop listening or um, nope out, um, this is just the part. I want to stop listening. You know, right? <laughs> what the, what's my option? I mean, just take out your okay. earpods. You can do that. That's easy. 
No, I won't know what's happening. It's okay. Okay. So then. It's okay. All right. So trigger warning, you guys, in three, two, one. Um, She (laughs) felt a man creeping in her bed. And it spoke telepathically to her and said, I'm going to do this whether you like it or not. Then I'm going to leave. And he had sex with her. He raped her. Um, Yeah. She said that she didn't fight it, and she didn't know why she didn't fight it. But she said she woke up as soon as it was done. She felt like Mm -hmm. she blinked, and she was in the exact same position, but the entity was gone. And he never came back after that. Um, Yeah. So those are two good things that happened that, well, there, there are two good things that happened. It never came back. And the other thing is after that, her depression went away. Oh, yeah. geez. Or her depression got better. I can't say that it went away, but it got better after that. Yeah. It felt better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't want to go into depth about the the incident, but what I do want to say is because she said that she doesn't know why she didn't fight it. And I just want to reassure you that that's, uh, according to research and science, like that's a normal response to not fight it. And there's nothing wrong with you. And a lot of people go through that. And I'm sorry that you did. Mm-hmm. Um, but that response is a normal response. So don't blame yourself or think that it's weird. Or think that there was um, necessarily anyways. anything that you could do in that situation. Yeah. Thanks for saying that too. Mm-hmm. Um, but, oh no, <sighs> just the... It, there's so many things that occur, though, because it's almost like poltergeisty how things drop on the floor and disappear. And I mean poltergeisty in terms of um, the movie, <laughs> like where things fall through. You know what I mean? Because in the movie, there's portals. Mm-hmm. And when we talk about poltergeist in general, like there's usually not portals, right? They just make a lot of noise and like hit things or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm not quite sure what to think about the things disappearing. Like, I don't know. That's movie stuff. Dude, there's so much going on with this. And there's not even a way to describe she's, it. She's here right now. And I feel bad, like, but yes. I just feel like there was more going on than one entity actually and um because and it's exactly what you say so she feels like this was an incubus and i'm gonna say then yes it was an incubus um and Mm -hmm. there's there's a lot going on with incubi as well and there's a lot of um history in it with um christianity um they're supposedly demons from what i've heard but they're they could also be like lilith who can switch back and forth and become a succubus or become an incubus. Um, There's, can I ask a question? Yes. I have a question about incubus. Okay. Are they, because I, I know that they're, you know, they have sex with people, Mm -hmm. but in general, Mm -hmm. is it usually a willing participation or, or non-willing? It's a non-willing. I always thought it was, is it non? I always thought it was willing. No, it's a non-willing, um, situation and so there's different and there's different things that i've heard about incubi as well and so Hmm. what what they kind of make an incubus sound like in the bible or in christianity is that Mm -hmm. they visit you in your dreams and you have a sexual experience it's not necessarily okay rape all the time gotcha but it can be um and then um what they do though is they just come down to to fuck with you and i and i don't mean that in the literal sense that was a bad um (laughs) 
to mess poor with cho- you. Poor ch- uh, word choice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They just come down to well, be mean. They just come down to, yeah. cause they're kind of like tricksters and they, um, and they just do it because they're demons and they want to do it. But there's uh, demons are awful. Yeah, well, <laughs> like, that's the other thing. They're awful. That's the other thing too, is that it's not just like an incubus. Their demons are, <laughs> are sexual predators just as their as their thing like they like to do that mm-hmm. kind of stuff they like to come have sex with humans and especially with young women who are virgins who are in a in a um uh going through either a traumatic experience or they have you know something going on which kind of fits Jeez. her situation right mm-hmm. like she was depressed mm-hmm. she had and then she had these shadowy, per- this shadowy incubus person visit her. And then there's that the other thing is that she saw a shadow person. It was a shrouded figure that came in and watched her and stuff like that. Um, and then mm-hmm. also, like, my favorite part is the gremlin that's in the corner of the room. Oh, yeah. Those are all different things. Those mm-hmm. don't, y- you're right. Mm-hmm. There's a lot going it's, on. It's, it's almost like four things. Mm-hmm. And how often do people have just a gremlin? I've never... Like, what do you call it? What would you call the gremlin? I what mean, else could... That, like, what is that? That may have been a demon that manifested it into that form. Okay. Yeah. And so Ghost, ghost Freakin' Talkin' said, thought they trick you into being willing. I don't know. I, I've heard a lot of different things about these guys. And I've heard that they just appear in dreams and they can appear as different entities, like um, a, a really attractive person that you want to have sex with. And then lo and behold, that's it's not that person. And then I've heard mm-hmm. other stories where they are just kind of this weird demon entity that comes in um, in the in in sleep paralysis and that's a very common mm-hmm. way that people experience this is during sleep paralysis as well and she had that too with sleep paralysis we also see shadow people um so it's just mm. there is a lot i didn't have enough time to do all the research <laughs> yeah that i wanted well, there's to do. another suggestion that it's not a demon but it's a bad spirit that did bad things during life and then it carried over into the afterlife and that's that's another option i mean like we said if if whatever you feel like it was it probably was mm-hmm. but that's something to think about um because bad spirits get stuck here too yeah and sh- they had yeah. moved into a new house um, whenever you go into an, you know, in, in a new house, a lot, that's whenever activity kind of starts is whenever you start moving things around coming in. And that's whenever you start to experience mm-hmm. like these hauntings and the same thing with, like you had said earlier, like a poltergeist where things mm-hmm. disappear, things get knocked off. And typically yeah, from what I have read and what I have researched about succub incubus, sorry, is that they, um, will they're just there for the sex they're not there they're awful (laughs) god god (laughs) i hate them and can you i just want for like for anybody who's listening and i'm just asking this in general to explain because you keep you you've said succubus almost a few times Mm -hmm. so i know they're they're two different things i didn't know if you wanted to talk about how they're two different things they're the same thing an uh, incubus is a male okay. demon who has sex with women, and a succubus is a female demon that has sex with with men. And it 
And it says that they can be interchangeable as far as sex goes. So they're, it's the same entity, but it's called an incubus whenever it's a man. It's called a succubus whenever it's a woman. Okay, thank you. So that is one defini- definition and, and explanation for it. Another explanation is that they are fallen angels. And they're, they, they're dicks that come around and, and sleep with women, too. Or men. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Dude, fuck that shit. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> mad. I am mad that those things exist and they come back to like do this to people. Like I'm mad. Yeah, it's wrong, man. Typically, the incubus is trying to seed a human woman to have a hybrid baby. Isn't that just? Isn't that just gross? It's crazy. What is it? Um, they make good music, though. <laughs> True. It's <laughs> <laughs> dark. Um, wait, wait a second. What was I going to say about it? Now I don't remember. Yeah. So one thing that I did mention in the little teaser for this episode is that Incubus would impregnate women and the, uh, yeah. their offspring would be, they would have like deformities or they would grow up to be witches. There was something else that I, I forgot to mention that I forgot. Oh, let me see if I wrote it down. There was, that makes me think of that woman. There was the woman who fell in love with um, a spirit who lived in her home and he was a pirate. Do you remember her? Yes. And she married him. Okay. So this woman married the spirit. It's a ghost. And then she got pregnant. She had a phantom baby with him. Mm hmm. Right. Yeah. But he fucking divorced her and he left. Yeah. You can't, you can't keep a pirate And he left her. Yeah. What a turd. Like I've been around for 200 years, but I cannot commit my life to you for... (laughs) For your short life. Like, he's a dick, I know. Dude. Like, oh, you're pregnant? <laughs> Bye. We should do a story on her uh, uh, and her experience. Her yeah, I know, right? Yeah, I don't know if I'm ready cool. for that. Like, that's a lot to unpack. Because that's a love story. Oh, we're not professional enough. No, we're not. <laughs> that's a love story. And how heartbroken is she? And I don't want her to, I don't want to be like, Yeah. This is like you sit down with, who is it? Di- Oprah. You sit down with the Oprah and talk to her. Yeah, exactly. That's She Not needs me. to go to Oprah. <laughs> yeah, yeah have... that'd be a cool thing for her to share. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that they got a divorce, didn't they? They did. Yeah. Pirate, they did. pirate man and pirate wife got a divorce. And it's a very, very sad situation because she seemed pretty much in love with him. She was. Yeah. It was like her... And for those of you who've never heard of it, look it up. It's uh, it's an interesting story. I heard that story for the first time on um, that podcast, That's Weird. Oh, yeah. That's my dog in the background. It's okay. He's okay. <laughs> like, he's he's okay. He just wants out of the bedroom in the moment. Right. Um, but, um, oh, yeah, That's Weird, mm-hmm. which is a really great podcast. It ended. It was too bad. But that was one of the first stories I heard for episode 69 they covered <laughs> Um, that woman who had a phantom baby. There he is. Oh my God. He's so upset. <laughs> oh no. Uh, <laughs> Somebody help him. This is a picture. I know it's a good picture. I like it. That's oh, cute. Oh man. Okay. Yeah. Keep telling your story. Anything uh, else? I'm going to try to take this as a picture, everybody. Yeah. I think that's, that is, that's it. I have just a little bit of, of information uh, about that, but they say about 11% of the general population will experience, it's called the incubus phenomenon, and that is where mm. they have, where an entity has sex with them um, during sleep paralysis. So if you have Mm-mm. sleep paralysis, you're probably more likely to have this 
this thing happen okay. to you, this experience. Yeah. I'm at a loss. Like, I, she's on here and she says that maybe there are two entities. One was a shadow person. Um, and I, um, I think if you feel like it was an incubus and, and, and you feel like it was something else to, I, I, you know, go with your gut, but I kind of want to dig a little bit deeper into this. Like I might, if it's okay with you, baby dear, I might just do a little bit more research and maybe come back with, I don't think I would have any extra answers, but maybe I could just figure something out like with that we can come back we can come back with story of the woman who had a phantom baby with the the pirate yeah and then you can do your follow-up show that's the show for next week everybody we just i'm not gonna like don't hold me to that (laughs) (laughs) no guarantees but that would be great if if i could just research this a little bit more okay she says yes that'd be fun i might follow up with you if that's okay just to, if you want to, if, if you can think of any other details or I can bounce some ideas off of you just to see if that sound, this sounds right to you or not from, from your perspective. So, um, very interesting story. And I'm sorry, like, I'm sorry that it happened to you, but it was, it was a very, um, there's a lot going on in that, in your experience. And I'm just glad that it's over for you too. So me too. Yeah. Um, there's a, there was a lot of good things to talk about. I'm also excited because I've always wanted to talk about the woman who had that baby. Okay, dude. And phantom babies. Yeah, we're just I'm gonna... so in, I'm so excited. Did she have a baby? I love how this She had a phantom baby. So when this this episode is going to have three titles. It's going to be the Incubus. <laughs> near it'll be near death experience and the pirate baby ghost. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sorry what happened to pirate baby ghost okay that's what we'll do next time it's gonna be good yeah it is well thank you baby Um, dear i'll I'll message you and we'll get the details later so i think yeah thank you guys this feels like a natural place to stop i think so too i think we just had like five people join we should stop now um if you'd like us to share your story (laughs) Send it to I have a strange story podcast at gmail.com. We'll be happy to read it. <laughs> yes. And uh, subscribe, rate and review us. And if you give us a review, please give us a nice review. Take a snapshot of that. Send it to our email address with your mailing address and we will mail you some stickers and join us yeah. weekly on Instagram mm-hmm. live for a live show where you can weigh in on the topics as well. And give us your feedback. I think that that's really cool because I learned a couple of things, too. Um, Yeah, I did, too. Yeah. And uh, I guess until next time. Yeah. Thanks, guys. (laughs) Bye. Bye. And...